0: Hello and welcome to another Nine Circles Audio thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke. And on this episode, I am joined by the band Tomb Mold. Joined by two members of the band Two Mold on guitars, Payson, and on drums and vocals, Max. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this Tuesday evening? We are talking days after the release of your surprise for the enduring spirit out now through 20 buck spin. Jason let's start with you, sir. How are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm good. I'm doing good. It's, uh, yeah, I'm feeling all right. I just good had bye. some apple cider.
0: <laughs> and Max, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, pretty good. You know, just had some pizza and wings, so I'm as good as can be, I think. As good as can be expected. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, you guys took, I, I don't want to say took the metal world by storm because 2023 has already given us a bunch of amazing releases, but you guys crawled back out of the crypts. You know, God, I'm trying to be so cheesy here. You guys came back with a surprise release that has blown us all away, has continued expanding on the already uh, uncharted territory of before. So, Tell us, my friends. I know uh, the world has been a hectic place the past couple years, but how did we end up today? Almost October now, but talking on the release of the enduring spirit, Payson. How did how did we come to this point? How did we get here? When did all these gears start a turning?
1: Um, they started turning quite a while ago. Um, we had started preliminary work on the record. I guess right after the pandemic sort of kicked into full gear because um, what had happened was we had a really busy 2019 with planetary coming out. We did a bunch of touring. We were in America a couple times. We were in Mexico. We did a, a pretty decent jaunt in Europe. We all have day jobs. So we're really, it was a balancing act. When we finished the year, we were all pretty burnt out. COVID comes, whatever Everyone's chilling at home inside for a while. And, uh, you know, Derek had already started demoing, you know, his collections of, of like, you know, riffs and turn them into outlines for songs. So uh, he sent us a bunch of songs. And my first, you know, reaction was, these are really hard. (laughs) Um, But Derek and I had both played a ton of guitar over COVID because there wasn't much else to do. So, um, yeah, it started quite some time ago now the the uh catalyst and genesis and subsequent creation of planetary especially was really fast because manor came out and then planetary we did like less than a year later and even listening to planetary now it's kind of crazy to be like damn that was really fast um you know we love the band death and they had a really you know rapid fire i mean chuck was so young when he when he died and when you go listen to those records. You see how fast they were moving. It's like, so, you know, it's doable, but this one took a lot more work. um, And we couldn't even be in the same room for, for a a pretty decent period of time there, like before, you know, when things were in full swing. So uh, yeah, once we started working on it, it was kind of a crawl, but it led to the songs being more perfectly formed. I think it led to the parts being sharper the transitions being sharper Um, everything sort of came together slowly. Um, And when it was finished, it was kind of like, we knew when it was time to record is what I'm saying, I guess. But yeah, it it took, it took quite a while. Uh,
0: Can I, can I quickly ask you something there, Pace? When, when you say, you know, the songs and stuff were first sent to you and you said, you know, some of the parts were difficult in, Mm -hmm. that's a real interesting little antidote. You mentioned when things are difficult, in your world what's what's that look like um well is is it crazy time signatures all over the place crazy parts well, is it just it's usually crazy just,
1: riffs yeah it's usually just the speed of the riff trying to play the riff cleanly um you can hide behind high gain to an extent like when you're playing high gain music it's pretty forgiving as far as making mistakes is going so that's why i practice with a clean tone because then you hear your mistakes and you try to fix them but Derek had even written parts Derek knew to challenge himself and he wrote parts he couldn't even really play very well. Um, so, but I have a guitar teacher and, uh, my guitar teacher, I've had, I've had a couple, uh, breakthroughs with him and he said, you know, and it's, it's sort of a rule of thumb with guitar. If you get frustrated, if you can play it slow, you can play it fast. Hmm. It just takes work. So, um, you just have to use a metronome and you can sort of incrementally climb up and get to the speed you need to get to. So they were tough, but I was glad they were tough because you know, we didn't want to make planetary again. Planetary is hard in its own right, but it's a different kind of hard. So this was, uh, yeah, pretty difficult, but, um, you just grind at it and grind at it. And then it's funny to look back on the parts that seem difficult that now I can do in my sleep. So, um, (laughs) you know and that's not there's still parts on the record where i really have to bite down focus on what i'm doing when i yep. play them live or whatever we played a couple of the new songs live and there's a full two minute stretch of the song fate's tangled thread where i am like focused because if i fuck up I, you get lost too right if you get lost you fuck up the song so um yeah no when it's tough you can do it there's always a little bit of panic though like when you're like oh can i do this you know but um if you will, if you put a lot into it, you get a lot out of it. So.
0: You know, that's, you know, now, Max, you, I was really interesting here, you know, ab- about you guys. And, you know, when I mentioned starting to get the gears turning, you know, if you're like a guy like myself, who lives in the world of metal and hockey and video games, I spend a lot of time on Reddit and the metal subreddit is huge fans of you guys. The internet was blowing up about you guys, you know, right around, uh, 2018, 2019, you know, especially, uh, when planetary dropped, you know, people were uh, kind of feeding off of the flames. That was manner of infinite. People loved it. Did you guys have your ear to the ground at all that? Like, you know, people are really kind of breaking down the walls, wanting a new album. Did that influence when you guys released this or, why we maybe didn't get it sooner did that play into why it came out now or anything or when it was ready for in your guys minds it was going to be ready and you didn't worry about you know people's desire to have it uh
2: i think i mean it's it's almost impossible to not read comments online stuff like that we all are pretty active on whatever our social medias are so yeah like it's impossible to ignore that kind of thing um and we've always been like aware of it outside of that as well. And definitely over like the period between 2020 and 2023 or 2022 when the uh, Aperture tape came out, people were definitely commenting often about just like the dormancy of the band, or at least commenting on the previous, the previously like very productive period of the band and how we've seemingly either slowed down or mm. completely stopped. So I we, def- we definitely thought about it, but at that point we had no, interest in playing we had no interest in doing anything so it was just like this none of these are none of these are really that appealing no there were no there were tour offers and things like that but as far as we were concerned it didn't matter if we didn't have any new music to share we didn't feel like playing any of the songs from Manor or planetary again we were just kind of exhausted or at least play those songs to death so it it, there like had to be a step that there like there needed to be a pretty like obvious step taken Mm -hmm. to do something new in order to, you know, like inject some yeah. life into the band.
0: Max, but, you know, w- with that said, is there a part of you? Cause, you know, you. I talk to some artists and they they're almost not themselves if they're not playing shows and not stuff like that. Is that a component that for you? It's just you're fine if that's not there, but then when it comes back, maybe it makes it more special.
2: It's yeah, definitely. Now that we haven't played in so long, like the last two shows that we played uh, this past Friday and Saturday have been very special because that they're they're very rare, like very rare now. And I don't really want to be a band where you could potentially see us in your city every three months. Like, yeah. It's not super appealing uh, Like it's cool. And I'm not knocking anybody that likes to grind like that. I just n- none of us want to do that. We want the chance to see us to be a little bit, bit of a special occasion for us. Like especially just playing in cities that we don't normally visit. So if we go there, while we want it to be something noteworthy, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there was something I was going to say before. Um, I can't remember, but yeah.
0: I'm I'm sorry about that. If I no, 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 no. If it was my fault. (laughs) Oh, but you know, Max, with the history of the band that you have and stuff like that, does that does that just come from just? you as an artist yourself that just music while it may be a big part of your life it's I guess you couldn't you maybe can't define you as this is you like you have it but it's there in the background but you obviously you're doing other things in life
2: um I mean it's I don't want to say it's the defining part but it is a like a huge part like the time spent not jamming over 2020 to 2022 is definitely a very like dark period, not just because of like world circumstance, but mm-hmm. just like like I, I I love playing drums. I've been playing drums for a long time. It's definitely brings me a lot of joy. But at some point, like I, I reach a, you know, a plateau and I think, cool, I can I'm definitely I can definitely feel my playing improving, but it's 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 wasted if I'm not playing with Payson and Derek. There's like literally yeah. no point. So when we got back together, it it definitely felt proper, you know,
0: you know, can I can I ask you this, Payson or, or Maxie, whoever wants to take this? I'm I'm always interested in uh, friendships and how bands form. In this, let's give people just a little history on how you guys came together. Because I'm interested in it. Because I didn't want to look it up or research it in years past. Because I've always tried to interview you guys, and I want to hear it from you guys. How did you guys meet? Is this like a high school thing like a lot of bands i meet they meet in college through music class or they put craigslist or facebook ads out there or now i'm sure bands are forming on discord or however else people are meeting so pace and max how how, how'd you guys find each other
1: um i met Derek when i moved to the city and uh i'm a bit older than him and we were going to play together in like kind of like an indie rock band like an emo band um, okay that's when, I, that's when i noticed Derek was like a really good guitar player um and uh we did that for a little bit we just jammed nothing really came of it and then uh i was in another band like a hardcore band and max joined when he was really young and then Derek joined that band and then that's how we started jamming together and that was i don't remember what year that was max what was that 2011 it was probably 2010 well, or 11, I think. Yeah, wow, so around there, we did, we did a couple records, and uh, I really enjoyed that band. And uh, you know, we uh, that ran its course, and then I played with some other friends, Max and Derek played in another band together, and then yeah, they started Tune Mold. And then after they'd done an LP, they needed another guitar player, so they asked me. So, um, yeah, it, I find uh, I've had a lot of firsthand experience in like the punk scene, like the hardcore scene, the DIY scene. Um, we all have, and that's a pretty easy place to find like-minded individuals to start a band with. Um, Max joining the old the old band, Purity Control. When Max jammed, it was crazy. It was apparent he was like a absolute musical monster within seconds. It was it was shy I never played with a drummer like that. I is
0: with, it is it one of those things you like look over and you're like holy shit like what is happening?
1: It's like I was I was I was like on the verge of forgetting to play my own instrument watching him <laughs> cuz he smoked the shit out of the drums. I play and I played with guys that are big bigger dudes than Max like you know a a, yeah. a, a, a stout dude who hits the drums like he's trying not to wake up his grandmother. <laughs> You know, and he's there like it's sucking for air and doing a scissor beat, you know, and I've yeah. played in bands like that. And Max is here and he's just got this total control, it's measured, he's hitting the drum, you feel it, and you're rib caged. It was awesome. It, it playing in a band with Max is always gonna be fun because of his skill. And it is it, like
0: showing up to a car show. It's somewhat, you're in a you're in like a Corvette thinking, Yeah, I'm gonna win. Max shows up. Top down in his fer- Ferrari. Max shows up in a
1: in a in a, in a Thomas Star Classic shaped Ferrari. <laughs> just no, it, it's great. It's really exciting, and it's real. And uh and you know, Max is a great songwriter, and that's the yeah. thing. You know, Derek is Derek is a fantastic guitar player. He's a very creative individual. He has his Derekisms. Like I can tell when he writes a riff, but he has a very interesting way of, of looking at music. um uh, you know with the, with the songs he sends uh, but it's always great to watch Max take Derek's songs which are which are sick Derek's songs aren't fully realized it's just we sort of uh, shape them a little but when you see Max kind of put it through the club like his his mind and then it's like the song now has a skeleton and there might have been a part in the song that was like a little wishy-washy you know Derek's like well I got this and maybe we can do this four times and Max will just turn it into this like really awesome conduit. And all of a sudden that's the cool part of the song. And that's really fun because then it drives you to try to up your game. You know, if, if I didn't give a shit about, if I was like, yeah, the songs, whatever, I'll just do my thing. And we'll be done. But it's like, no, we want to, we want to push each other. So, you know, that's, that's a really fun part of practice, you know? So I'm, I'm always going to love playing in a band with, with Max and, and, you know, and, and Derek's awesome now more than ever we play off each other so Derek will show before I was sort of you know sticking to like Derek's they like, play this part and I'm just okay and we play it together and on Manor and Planetary mostly Manetary and I guess most of Planetary as well as, as well are, um, we're kind of like this like you know left and right two-pronged attack but it's like the same thing it's kind of this like encroaching blanket of like so suffocating sort of blanket where these two guitars are paired up we have different tones Derek is a little brighter I'm a little more mid and low boosted and then we had the bass so we had this kind of one big instrument kind of crushing everything and this record is completely different where I wasn't scared at all to deviate away from what Derek was doing and Derek also plays bass on this record and he's all over the place so now instead of this one uh, 16 string instrument which we had before you know two guitars and a bass now we have three things all all doing their own dance all over Max's drum work and we get this really sort of rich tapestry so um,
0: you're like the iron maiden of death metal huh I mean <laughs> not quite not no quite but enough. but you know quite what I'm enough. saying. Like, yeah like yeah. a three prong attack. No, I'm joking. Yeah. But
1: it is yeah, yeah, it is it is it is cool when, when you can actually make something cohesive too because sometimes when instruments go off in different directions, you can create something kind of muddy or hard to follow. Yeah. And I think we realized what worked on this record. Um, you know, we knew what part of the fretboard to stay on, Derek and I, as far as like making one nice kind of full sound i think there's really i think it really shines most on that song servants of possibility track six on the new record there's a part mm-hmm. where we're doing something completely different and then we fall into a pattern with each other and the picking is different and to me that's that's and that's super uh like depth inspired like to me uh it, it sounds like something you'd hear on like individual thought patterns for human I mean, I'm not trying to compare us to that. Those records are like, you know, the on the Mount Rushmore of Death Metal Greatness, but I do love the the composition, you know, and I think that's sort of what we were striving for. Something interesting, something busy, um, and we all know when to step up and do our own little fancy parts.
0: You know, Max, uh, let me ask you this. I have always wondered when bands start to experiment, change, you uh, know, Tone, song structure, length, whatever. You know, maybe bring in new members, people exit out and stuff like that. How do you guys experiment but not lose your identity? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of bands, mm. and I'm all for, hey, I am just a massive fan. You guys are tomb mold. If you guys want to do what you want, you guys are too not me. I'm outside Washington DC just hanging out waiting for hockey season to start. I'm not you guys. So how do you keep your identity as two mold but try and work on it change it up, mix it up release this amazing album The Enduring Spirit, which shows more change and newness I
2: think like um maybe where that really starts, is maybe insecurity as like a, as a creative person where you're, you learn to like communicate more very clearly with your, with your audience. And then there, there are expectations form with you as like a musician, whether it be, whether you're prolific or not. And then once you've kind of, I mean, maybe you learn to sort of respect that relationship, but take a, but, but put your own integrity first. That's when you can really, experiment to like in its truest form where it's it's you it's your personality it's your history mm-hmm. it's all very clear in your playing however it's still new and it's refreshing it's not you know what people come to expect I think people fall quickly into you know familiar patterns we both have said this before that we're very definitely creatures of comfort and we like what we like and we stay in our kind of our, our habits which is awesome but when it comes to music I think we wanted to try to leave a mark like an indelible mark on ourselves or something that we could be confident with years later from now and I think I love the other records and I think I'm almost shocked that some of them even happened when we were in our early stages we couldn't really believe that people gave a shit but I wanted to do something and Payson wanted to do something and Derek wanted to do something that was memorable to all of us like shows you know are, are temporary but this record will hopefully be you know, something that could be buried with me.
0: Max, that's a a, a great point. But, you know, you've now been, you know, we just mentioned it. You've been doing this now come about more, 10 years, more than 10 years now. You know, you guys, Mm -hmm. how, how do you, you know, records are like little time capsules because we can never go back. And you can never get that studio time back again. You can never get those thoughts of that time back again. Mm-hmm. But when it does come time to, like, when when the enduring spirit, when it came time for you guys to write this, and maybe, Payson, I think you alluded to this earlier also, how much of planetary or prior work, or when it does come time for you guys to start work, how much of what you just did, Still lingered with you guys when it came time to start writing spirit, or I, I because you know, you just mentioned being the creatures of comfort.
2: I th- I think because we took this break and we uh kind of deliberately forgot about this era of the band, that when we came to play together, like we hadn't we hadn't we didn't play any old tumult songs until this year in like May when we had decided, Payson was like, Hey, we should we should play a show where we already tracked our new record. Yeah. Um, We should probably think about maybe, you know, stepping on a stage maybe for the first time in our, for many years. And he was like, why don't we just play Manor in its entirety for its anniversary? And we were all like, Hmm, maybe that's not a bad idea. <laughs> it is a month away and we don't have a bass player and we haven't played those songs in the, some of them uh in like five years. Cause soon after we started really touring planetary came out so we only really popped a few manor songs in every set so you know uh, like chamber of sacred utica has been played since like our tour with a feather and bone in like 2018 but um i think i i, I didn't think about it at all to be honest I, I i i was really content just starting fresh and having no like every every release like past is is present with you in 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 the in the space of this band, but I I, I want to deny and affirm them and affirm them at the same time. I want to to be there and not be there, where I know that this band exists with those as a necessary part of our evolution, but I'm also completely denying them, and I want this I want this record to like negate that,
1: but also affirm it.
0: Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense? Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. It. Go ahead, Payton.
1: I, I was just going to elaborate on that So, yeah, we I think it had as i mean those records have our dna in them to an extent right but like i forgot how to play all those songs like they were long gone rearview mirror wow Um, and yeah and max max point i was going to say the same thing like yeah we didn't get in the studio or we didn't get in the practice space and say let's rip through a couple tunes and it was like no we were starting completely fresh um you know clean palette which was good i mean it it probably worked in our favor it probably gave us it gave us sort of like a uh a new direction and we weren't really worried or thinking about it at all i mean also we love those records and those were we're not like we we didn't go into the uh writing and practicing like oh we have to write the mistakes of the past you know like no like we love those records it's just time for something different i wanted to elaborate on something you asked max just a little bit ago where you said because i liked something max said he said um talking about uh insecurity and that is the thing because when you're writing you you want it to be you, it's almost like the song when you get it in, in decent shape it starts at 100 and you try to make it better but you don't want to mess it up that's how i feel um so with myself i think the parts that really work on the new record that i'm most proud of are the ones where i took a big risk and luckily I had Max and Derek both telling me, oh, that's awesome, or this works, or whatever. Because there were some parts where, you know, I write them at home, and I'm almost embarrassed to play them because I'm like, what if this is a betrayal of, like, the the sound? Like, it because I, I there was some pretty out-of-left-field stuff on there. Um, you know, there were two things on the record I tried where I was like, oh, man, I don't want this to be, like, a thing that fucks these songs up. Um, Derek, I think... Has a slightly different. I think Derek is more like dead set on like, this is what's happening. And he works towards that. He's just kind of like a, like a bull. He just sort of charges. I don't think Derek struggles with like, Oh, is this going to work? Or is this not going to work? I think Derek just knows what's going to work. and not going to work. And to his credit, it usually comes out great. And then Max, I think has the musical intelligence to know when to spice things up and what makes max's drumming so cool is he knows death metal as well as anyone i've ever met but i think the parts on the record that stand out are max pulling from other genres i would say that for all of us too like uh but you know max loves like all the drummers we talked to max when, when you're making this record i only i of we were death metal drummers So you're playing your death metal shit and then you're pulling stuff from every jazz drummer (laughs) or whoever. And that's what gives it its own sort of like flavor because it's it's nuts, but it's not it's not just like, oh, yeah, here's generic death metal fill one. It's like, no, this is wild stuff. Um, So, yeah, probably just like us all coming in with a certain degree of insecurity, I'm sure. And then Bringing our own influences in, putting our own imprint on it, and just somehow those three things work to make something that's really cool. No, yeah, sorry ins- for that. Sorry. No, no,
0: no, don't don't be sorry at all. I love to. Oh, great. I am a, I am a chatty Kathy. This this is this is coffee talk here. We could just blab on and blab. Um, mm. Max, you know, maybe well, Pace. I'm going to quickly go back to you, and you you can answer this. You know, you mentioned insecurity. Do you th- and and this is something I've learned, you know, being a lifelong video gamer, and I know it as a metalhead. People will pick apart the minute parts of everything. Like I'm now working my way through Starfield. I know people play a hundred hours of Starfield and they see no bugs, but then they see one person doing a T pose on the table. Oh, this game is bug filled trash. Sure, of course. Uh, do you think though you're too insecure or maybe a better word are you too hard on yourself for those maybe moments when you may i guess air quotes slip up or Uh,
1: no no i don't think so i mean i was i've i've talked about this in a couple other interviews recently but um i mentioned it the other day it was you know the the old uh adage of uh you know don't beat yourself up and i said to the guys. I think it's good to beat yourself up a little. And we're talking like, not all the time, but when you're making an album and you want it to be good and you have time, we weren't on anybody's schedule. 20 bucks spin has always been very chill with us, which is why we're still on 20 bucks spin because, you know, Dave gives us time, whatever you guys need, take your time, whatever. We don't have someone saying, Oh, is it done? Is it done? I will don't work well like that. I never will. So, we have time. So it's like, you know what? I am going to beat myself up about this. I'm going to go home and I'm going to try this 30 different ways that I'm going to record it. in in my shitty digital audio workstation or whatever over a demo and see how it sounds. And when I find the one I like, I'm going to show it to the guys. And then what I was telling them that I think is important, or I feel like I've learned after 38 years on planet Earth, <laughs> is once you once Arthur emails us and says, hey, guys. Here's the here's the new mix. What do you think? And we listen to it and we like it and we say it's good. I let it go. It's now property of the universe. I'm not going to, in a year, I'm not going to be like, man, I wish we had boosted the first three notes of that solo. So it came in a little louder. It's like, no, <laughs> it's done. The next, there'll be another time I, I can do this. But but if you do beat yourself up a bit while you're doing it, you're just making sure that it's really good. So yeah, I, and my my, my fiancé sees me here just like absolutely having a <laughs> mental breakdown, and I know she feels terrible. She's like, oh, d- don't worry. It's all good. And yeah. I'm like, no, I need to do this. I need to be bashing my head against the wall right now because in six months I'll be happy and everything will be Gucci.
0: You know, you know, Pesa, that is such an excellent point you bring because you know what? It's just like yeah. – I don't want to bring it back to sports, but it's an easy analogy. An athlete training for a combine, they get one shot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they get one shot. You gentlemen releasing this album? Yes, you know. I don't want to say there probably will be, but there will be hopefully other two mode albums down the line. But theoretically, you yeah theoretically. (laughs) But, but you guys do get this album it's out it's released to the world it's it's yeah. done it's there, yeah. there's there's no getting it back so why not why not have this be your in a sense your Olympic games every couple years of
1: course yeah absolutely and when you are when you are good with it and you know and I talked about you know we're good with the playing We're good with the mix. We're good with everything. All the little facets all the little things that can be altered during the process of recording, mixing, mastering, sending sending something off to press when we're good with that. But when there were parts on it where I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this thing. I get it as good as I can get it. I really like it. I have the support of my bandmates saying, this is good. So by the time we send it off, when it does come out, if someone were to say, as you were saying, people picking apart, if someone was to say, yeah, record's decent, but I really hate this one part. I wouldn't care because I know I tried my best. Now, if we released it after six weeks, and I said, "Ah, I'm on the fence about this," and the guys were like, "Yeah, it's cool, just do it," I guess, whatever. And someone say it sucks, then I'll be upset because I'll be like, "Man, I I know I could have made this better." Yeah. So when you work what- your, when you do your best, you know, and and again, this is something I wish I had learned twenty five years ago because I didn't give a shit about school, and uh, you know. I feel like it's it's, yeah, it's like a life lesson that uh, I'm I'm learning a bit. Better late than never, though, right? So yeah, no, but
0: but no, but no, but but Payson, I'm sorry. Does Max do? Does this carry over? Do you have the ability to say to your friends and your bandmates if something really is crap? Do you you know? Do you are you guys in a place and do you guys? Uh, you, you know not being rude to one another but can you do you guys take cr- criticism or does what your bandmates to you guys really matter more than anything else
1: that's a great question man. yeah that is a good yeah. question um
2: that's hard you know we haven't really been that critical of each other's playing like i think we always try to elevate each other's playing as, as much as possible whenever possible especially like when we are all playing together like what well, Payson's mentioned before that we play off each other and that's kind of why mm-hmm. this record's become what it is is that we play the living shit out of it and found every little nuance basically because we played the hell out of them and just tried different arrangements different little things you know but um I don't know I don't know if I can really answer that I feel like it's a. Oh. Uh, it's a Tough one. What do you, what do you say? It, it,
1: I was I was going to say I, I think we're very fortunate that we uh we like what each other do. And I think like like Max said I think he sort of nailed it but just didn't quite fully emphasize it but I I think it's a case of like we don't shut each other down ever. Like I don't I can't even think of a case where we've ever said no that's not going to work. And that's when you think about it, it's kind of extreme. I think especially for me and Derek Max, you know, I'm not trying to embarrass him, but he usually elevates everything right off the get-go. Like, it's just kind of like, boom, all right, now we have this really great place to work from. And then we can whittle stuff down or whatever. But it's never a case of like, oh, this doesn't work. Um, Whereas me and Derek, I think we do some pretty odd stuff. But uh, if anything, I would say we sort of guide each other into, okay, well, maybe try it like this. I mean, actually, interestingly enough, when um, when we demoed the we demoed the entire record songs, vocals just to see how everything sounded. Max did a really uh, good off the floor studio recording or like live recording in our space. And then Derek and I overdubbed all our solos to make sure things sounded good. This is something we've never done before, ever. Uh, and it was a good thing because there were some alterations for sure between that i'm actually very curious to go back and listen to that demo now because it's probably going to be like oh my god what the fuck is this <laughs> but uh i was sitting next to derek working on a part that's super super weird in uh in fate's tangled thread it's a it's a it's a clean guitar part that just comes out of nowhere and um derek was like hey why don't you move this part four bars earlier and then why don't you do this part four bars longer And I think it's going to fit. And I, in my head, I was like, I don't think so. And he was like, just humor me and try it. And I did. And it worked. And it worked really well. And now I think I would cringe to hear uh, our practice recordings where I was doing it the other way. So, um, and I'm not saying Derek doesn't like that part. I'm sure he likes it, Uh, but it was his way of being like, I'm going to help pace and improve this. But at the same time, I didn't feel like he was telling me what to do. He just asked me to, and I've done the same with him where I say, you know, Try this or whatever, especially when I'm sort of veering off course and I'm doing something weird. Um, Yeah, or he'll do a part and give me a part and we'll be like, actually, you do that a little faster and I'll do this a little faster and we're going to make something even that sounds more like a cyclone. But no, I mean, that's a really good question because I I know there are bands out there with really intense dynamics where they're just like calling each other out all the time. Um, And I couldn't hack that. I don't think I'm too soft. Mm, I don't want someone to tell me my stuff sucks um so yeah yeah, we've we've been very lucky and I to to be in a band where it's like we can all all do our own thing and yeah like I mean it's all I think we're our own worst critics you know and we bring stuff to practice and I think we're able to like sharpen it up make it as good as it can be and that's when you know that's when our personality comes through because the part's done it's fully realized and we have our bandmates saying yeah it's good you know whatever so
0: you know, I, I think you, and I really appreciate you guys candidly answering that. Um, I, I, you know, I think a lot of it is like a relationship, a marriage, uh, a, a real good friendship. I think there's a fine line, but like, for example, my, my wife, there's one, you know, if she was to tell me, Hey, you know, babe, you're, you're getting fat. What does that help? Or she could say, Hey, let's go work out sure you know there's course, a constructive yeah. way to say things but also on the flip side i think it's a bad relationship or a bad band if you're also afraid and you say hey you know what i don't think i can tell max anything so i'm gonna get a drumstick to the neck mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. the guys yeah the guy, you yeah know, is... for sure <laughs> and you know uh, i think you, you need to have some level of uh, give and take obviously
1: i i learned pretty early on in this band there was um I think Derek had sent me one or two demos and honestly, to be like completely Frank, there were yeah. there was one or two parts or things I wasn't crazy about, but we followed through with them and I did be, I did like them or we, when we put them together, I did like it. So I learned to give, you know, especially Derek with, with his songs, the benefit of the doubt, because I'm never going to hear a demo and be like, that sucks. Cause I think by the time we get to it, it's going to be really good. Like, cause there's definitely, like I said, there's some parts where I'm like, that's kind of an odd choice, but I think a lot of Derek's odd choices are what has given the band its personality or it's, or it's uh, it's own sort of sound. So, um, yeah, I don't want to squash people's ideas and yeah, for sure. And it's like, and he's writing the songs as well. So it's, um, you kind of have to like wait and see, I think. And, and, uh, and, You know, we've been, like I said, we've been fortunate that everything has sort of worked out, but we all bust our ass on it too. So it's like, maybe, maybe in a a less communicative way, we are meeting in the middle because we're all like, okay, this is what we're doing. We, we work our ass off on parts or riffs or whatever, and then we're each doing our thing. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's three people trying to make this part as good as they can, but maybe in different ways. Maybe you hear that on the new record the most because we're diverging from each other quite a bit.
0: You, know, you talk about this divergence and when you you know uh finally did join the uh guys in two mold here you know you mentioned like a indie rock band you're in like a little hardcore yeah. project you did max i know you were in other various bands that you know, have shut shut down or stopped every word you want to use did those oh and i've always wondered this and i can't think of a time i've asked an artist i'm sure i have over the years but uh Did playing in those other genres excite you, challenge you, maybe is a better word to use, like playing metal does? Because obviously you're not playing at the same speed and tempo and stuff. But like I talk to a lot of metal artists, they love playing jazz because for the uh you know on the fly nature of it they they just they love to play it but then i talked to other people who have been in other bands and they're like yeah i did it it was just kind of like a stopgap but i was bored silly so like you know you, met, you know payson you mentioned you know like you know a little indie band and you know these heart do do they spread your wings and do you do you does that challenge you like you know yeah. what your time here oh, yeah. in in Tombold as an artist
1: yeah, hundred uh, percent. Any 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 uh, genre is a challenge. I find um, it's they're, they're all different. Um, when I played in like uh, you know with Derek for a short time in like an indie rock band, it was like uh, you got to be very precise with your playing. Mistakes are become really apparent. And, you know we're doing you know di- difficult chord shapes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Playing in a, like a power violence band, like a hardcore band that's just you know blast beats, one and a half minute songs. Um, it was quote unquote easy to play the songs they weren't super hard but that allowed us when we performed to go insane insane (laughs) we were able to absolutely go bonkers and the shows were fucking nuts um in metal sometimes you want to go insane but you're glued to the fretboard and and, and, you know all, all of us feel that where it's like okay here we are at this hard part we have to stand still we have to look at our hands you can headbang or whatever but to an extent but yeah, I think every genre has its own, you know, kind of vibe you sort of roll into. Um, but yeah, I'm excited by any kind of music. Yep. Any, any kind of music I'm interested in playing it is is uh, is great fun for me.
0: Now, Max, I, I don't get to talk to a lot of drummers. Uh... I don't know what that says about drummers' personality. So I appreciate you joining me. I talk to a lot of bass players for some reason. I don't know why uh, bass players seem to be the talkative ones. But uh, Max, I I want to ask you. You know, d- you know, Payson was talking about you know doing different things and so. How about you? Did you try something different here for yourself personally? Were you tweaking it up at all? Did you do anything different here that maybe? Uh, people listening on the drum side of things will hear something different from you or more of your same old good stuff that you brought to the table for albums prior
2: i i think i definitely i definitely tried to do something different for sure i was i was trying to challenge myself in pretty much every sorry i was trying to challenge myself in basically every aspect of my playing to be honest um like i really wanted to like I, I kind of wanted to like break my spirit as as best as possible so I could like kill the old ways of my playing. I, I talked a bunch before about how, like little nuance that develops is really what is kind of like the most identifiable part of what's interesting about somebody's playing. And I tried to think a lot about about a lot about that and what my playing kind of lacks and what that can do overall, hopefully for my style, but I think I, I've always really liked, you know, progressive playing. That's probably the most formative music that I heard as like a child in Genesis. And yes, Bill Bruford's like my, my number one guy. So he, his kind of playing and especially what he really refers to as, as like the, the what is, what is lacking in his playing, which is some of his technique. Um, is really what makes it so unique and so exciting. It's often what's like shitty about a band is why they're so sick. Like, oh man, this band sounds fucking wicked, but the <laughs> bass is like, it sounds like nothing. It sounds yeah. like, you know, a, I don't know, it's, a, it's like five DODs into like a mixer. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's so sick. That's always why it's so sick. So it's, <laughs> you just got to think a little bit more critically about why why you are the way that you are and, and why that can benefit your build quest and like self-affirmation in this band. I think me and Payson have talked about this a lot where we have obsessed so closely about our, our playing for like the last three years where now it doesn't like, I, I almost feel like detached from it because I've obsessed over it. I know, I know Payson and I, we often like it's with our other band as well, we're always just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. What's, what's, what's better this or that with this or that, this or that we, we scrutinize our playing really closely because we want it to be the best for us we we, 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 yeah we see we see doubt and we try to analyze why we doubt ourselves is that a a, reflection of
0: your guys is is that point and that is a great point is that a reflection gentlemen of your guys life as a whole though is that kind of like how you guys are in the workplace how you guys are with like hobbies Uh, or other thing is it is it yeah yeah a
1: little bit for sure it's funny because when max says that it sort of triggers like a little bit of like a light bulb. For me, where it's like Derek is just this kind of like he's just got this vision, and he just has this kind of. I, I it's hard to it's hard to describe Derek's energy like about how it's different from ours. But Derek is very go with the flow, but he's got like a great ear, and he just kind of gets into the into the groove and just kind of rolls with it, and he's not really um, dissuaded by anything. I think that Derek has this kind of like. It's it's very hard to describe, but Max and I are like, there have been practices with our other band where I say, Max, I have six ways to play this. I'm going to play them for you, and I need you to put them in order. Like, that is a ridiculous thing to ask of your friend. You know, (laughs) I'm going to play you six (laughs) phrases. They're all, and he's like, bro, four of those sounded the same. And I'm like, okay, well, then what about the other two? Like, um, (laughs) you know, so it is yeah, very we, we super analyzed. And he's the same with me, but Max knows drums and I know guitar. Mm-hmm. So when he shows me a part, I'm like, he's like, which one's better, this or this? And I'm like, uh, they're really close, man. It's hard to tell. But we are definitely like in the weeds trying to figure it out.
0: Uh, Guys, where did this intensity come from, though? Is this a childhood thing? Is this just uh your were your music teachers really driving you into where your is it just a who you guys are as a person is it is it maybe parents is it just wanting to just put out the best that you can put out i'm, uh, I'm just I, curious I, yeah. as to to where it really comes from in in you
1: we we've known each other for quite a long time mm-hmm. and i would say we've been on a similar trajectory where I think it's almost a bit more of a new development in our life because yeah. I don't remember either of us being this picky no, years never. ago. We kind of recorded stuff. We're like, hell yeah, it's done. Let's yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> like my playing on manner. Like I love manner of infinite forms, but it, for me, that's the hardest record to go back and listen to because I feel like I'm a little too sloppy. Um, I, you know, I didn't take it. I learned the songs, but like, I wish I had done more takes. Like, and people love that record and tell me, oh, that record's great. And I'm like, oh, thanks, you know. But, like, even playing it a couple months ago, I was like, I'm going to fucking nail these songs because it pisses me off that there's parts on the record where I'm just not as tight as I should be. But Max and I both, I would say, have kind of, like, the thing is, I want to make something as good as it can be and put it out and then we'll move on to the next thing. And I want to like it in 20 years. Um I have plenty of records and tapes and, that I'm on that, that I, aren't so great. And those aren't a scarlet letter or anything. Like, everyone has stuff they don't love. But, you you know, it's kind of like you have to hit the bottom to understand. You have to be bummed out to be truly happy. So, and I've been bummed out with my own stuff. So it's like, okay, I know I, I don't like this feeling. I want to avoid this. And the stakes are pretty high with Tomb Mold because, you know, you have a bunch of people that are waiting to hear it. And then there's also yourself, you know, like, like, okay, well, I want people to like this, but ultimately I have to like it. If they don't like it and I, and I love it, then fuck them. Who cares? Um, and in our other band, I feel like that where it's like, well, I'm, I wrote these songs for me. And then, you know, Max is able to do his thing on them. And then I'm like, now it's not just a guitar. Like we play like, like, like kind of like instrumental math rock together as well. And uh, then, you know, Max makes them so good. Then I'm like a, so into them i'm like oh this is perfect this is exactly what i wanted um so i want it to be great i want it to be really great but i i think it is yeah for me i can speak for myself for sure it's more of a newer development because uh the records i made in my teens and 20s i was a little a little more forgiving and now i'm a bit more of a taskmaster with myself for sure
0: you know, you know the 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 one thing about you guys that really really shines through, and you guys, you know, if you could tell me, ah, oh, you know, Matt, you're so wrong. We we don't get along that well when the cameras are turned off. But you guys, it really comes across how how good of friends you guys are. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it like, are you guys when you know the Zoom call ends and you guys go back to your lives and you know relationships work? you know just hobbies whatever do you guys maintain a strong friendship like this max it in it, it it i assume you guys would because that the whole time talking i am you know i mention this cuz it it makes sense here but i went through a divorce and my ex-wife unfortunately had an affair and i lost a lot of friends i say that cuz i am jealous cuz you guys really it really comes across how good of friends you guys are. So like Max, I want to let you speak on that. you you guys you don't know, have a really good friendship here where you guys are you talking to mode all the time or when you guys are off you guys are just hanging out just being best of friends? We um yeah
2: I, there's not much else I could say about that. Like we, we, if yeah. we're not practicing, we're, we're pretty basically talking every second of the day in a, in a group chat or directly that like we've cool. been in bands together, basically consistently for the past 11 years. And I met these guys when I was on my way out of high school, which uh, I did not have a very good time during that year. So meeting these guys was a very formative point in my, in my life. So I think they're, I, I cherish them very dearly. And they, that and is I, both, I know that they, they both know that I made that very clear when we started working on this album especially in like the latter portion of it where these guys are like if i i i shudder to think what i would do after this band is done because these two are basically like like forever linked to me in like the best way possible you
0: know know, max i I don't want to speak for you but it's almost kind of like how maybe how would the path have gone had you not met met these guys almost right
2: I mean, I definitely wouldn't have taken music as seriously as I do now, for sure. For sure. I think I I, I I learned a new way to approach. I learned like basically a new ethic when I met these guys. I was not really interested in 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 a lot. You know, I was into metal and I was playing metal bands when I was like, you know, 13, 14, and they were all stupid and all shitty until I met these guys. And I realized that I could do things on my own the way I liked it. That was, that was, that was a very, very important formative moment. You know, if Payson didn't ask me to join purity control, I don't know what the hell I would have done.
1: I have no clue. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is odd to think about the possibility. He'd be living
0: yeah. in a van down by the river.
1: river.
2: Maybe, <laughs> or, or just in my parents' basement forever. You know, it's just like it. It just it just would suck. It. Well, I mean, it would. But
0: but 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 you know what though, Max? Is it? Was it just like? The personalities just all clicked. You know, we've all had relationships fall apart and friendships go, go by the wayside. But what, what 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 was it with you guys that just clicked so well that, you know, because you, like when I've talked to, like, again, Brian Slegel at, you know, started Metal Blade Records. I've talked to him when he discovered bands and his history with bands. And he was like, yeah, a lot of bands, it was just the stars aligned. And they just came together and the friendships just, but is it just one of the things that when you met these guys, you just knew that there was you guys, all personalities just lined up.
1: I think, I think so.
2: I, 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 like to a certain degree, I think that's true. Like I, when they asked me to, when Payson asked me to join his band in like 2010 or 2011, I was like 17. I was like at my, at my most awkward and most like, and like formative years. So I I don't think I was necessarily like a great guy to be in a band with because I didn't really know a lot. But what was really like helpful about is that they kept me around. They didn't tell me to fuck off because I was just like an awkward kid. And I was in other bands, like several between that time, like after that. And I was always the young one. I was like the black sheep in the band because, you know, I didn't have the same interests. And these guys never gave a shit. So it was like a no brainer that they would basically be like destined to be like forever bandmates because they were always very supportive and never really never like naysay well they I mean they could say no to whatever I whatever I pitched, but they didn't they didn't care to do that. They were just trying to elevate me and I was trying to elevate them in whatever way we could.
0: You know that that is is awesome to to hear. You know, Payson, you know, going back to when 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 you met met max and 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 stuff like that uh had you had had music also been a lifelong thing for you too so you had you had uh been doing this for years also oh yeah for
1: sure yeah. man i started playing bands when i was like fuck 11 in nova scotia and like they sucked and then i got into metal and hardcore or whatever and then i was in a hardcore band and it's kind of hard to look back on now, but it was like at the time, you know, I mean, when I was sixteen, we scrounged up five hundred dollars each and we'll put out our own seven inch. And it was wow. so DI it was so DIY. And like it was we didn't have enough money to master it. So it's really quiet. Like, but we didn't care. And our friends were like, our friends were like, yo, we got the record. It's kind of quiet. I'm like, yeah, turn it up, man. Like, it's not a problem. So what
0: are um, you saying is it is the opposite of black metal. It's like, it's not Burzum style. It's not loud. in just like, yeah,
1: it was like a Y2K trash kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't very loud, but like we, you know, the, the, that DIY thing rang true right away. So, um,
0: okay mm-hmm. I have to ask how is the Nova Scotia metal scene I you know I am scratching my head I know a lot of metal bands but I mm-hmm. can't name one from Halifax well, that's the a, best. That's
1: good, yeah that's a good <laughs> question um I remember the, the the one of my first really interesting uh I had maybe a handful maybe like a 10 sort of hallmark moments when it was going to hardcore shows as a kid um you know seeing like There were local bands and then there were like the real bands, you know, bands that like these guys had jobs, but these guys were really serious. But we saw a band in Halifax. I was maybe 15 or 16 called Holocaust, And they wore corpse paint and they could play. And I'll tell you, when they came out on stage and they were all dressed up, I thought it was goofy. And I laughed when they were done. I wasn't laughing when they were done. I was like, those guys were fucking awesome um and now i had never heard the term course paint i hadn't heard black metal or black and death metal or war metal or any of that stuff i had my frame of reference was quite small it was bands like uh i think i had just heard the municipal waste split with crucial unit what is so the
0: year we're talking about
1: two, two, 1999
0: 2000 yep. dude i so, was going to stain shows back then
1: <laughs> that's sick um but yeah no I I was like holy shit that so that was a, a real eye opening moment for me as far as extreme music is concerned but yeah that the the Nova Scotia scene um the one thing I really missed about it is also one thing that kind of sucks about it uh, I loved it as a kid it was it was great cuz here we, we you go to a show and you see it's like a beat down hardcore show and you go see four beat down hardcore bands you know okay we went to see Defeated Sanity and they played with a band called Stabbed. Stabbing or stab? Stabbing? Stabbing. <laughs> stabbing, Stabbing. Stabbing were fucking awesome. Mm-hmm, Defeated were Sanity wicked. are fucking awesome. It's just super inspiring to see these guys just snapping. But Nova Scotia, conversely, you would go to a show. I'd go to a show at a, at a Legion or a Lions Club with seven bands. And it would be like a screamo band, a pop punk band, a band that sounds like Weezer, uh, a <laughs> Gore Grind band. Like it was just everything, and every kind of person was there. And it was like pulling teeth to get through some of these bands if you weren't a fan. But I do look back on those very fondly, where it was like, man, I was really exposed to a lot just out of necessity because we didn't have three of the same genre bands to play together. So, um, yeah, it was it was cool. You don't see that here anymore. But yeah, I've been in NS for a while for a show. But I'm sure there's still stuff going on. Over okay,
0: there. now yeah, you know, well, I well,
1: it's, sorry. One second.
2: No, it's important to mention that the band that Payson mentioned, Helicost, was also one of the most important formative bands for me living here in Toronto. One of the first real like dingy ass bar shows I went to as like a teenager <laughs> was Helicost, and it was here, and it was on they were so good and i think we only really mentioned this to each other like maybe a few years ago when we were kind of doing manor and or before planetary and i was like this was the band and when i when i moved i like dug out all my tapes and i found i still have the like first two helicost tapes and all their cds i was like i just they were a very important local band just like like years later it was like slaughter strike or around the same time it was like rammer all these bands, yeah. but it was hilarious that in, Hel- in, in Halifax you saw Holocaust and here I saw Holocaust and it was just like years apart but we both knew that they were like both saw them at like formative uh, uh, yeah, periods of for our sure. life
0: yeah. yeah I am looking here yeah they if people want to check them out they released looks like four full length. first one Dark Age Descending in 2002 rules. then rules. Inevitable Dementia Disgust and what is not
2: Discuss is the one if people need to really check it out. That's 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 a a good one.
1: Yeah, I was really uh, particularly floored in my youth after seeing them and seeing, like I said, I found it goofy, but seeing how serious they took it and they just lived, ate and breathed what they were doing. And they were really good players. And it was just kind of a like, wow moment, you know, like, you know, I was so young and I was like, these guys are but they're not trying to make a living. They're not trying to make it big. They are trying to get out there and just fucking play music they love, and that's the core of you know, that's the core of of uh, building like a foundation you can succeed on because, and I saw this a lot in high school too, and I'm sure Max did as well. But when you're when you're hanging out with musicians, you'll always bump into people that want to make it. You know, they want to make it. They play in a rock band. They want to make it. You know, um, and. Tumul never tried to make it. Tumul just wanted to make music. And I think when you're not focused on trying to play to a large audience, you have more time to focus on what you're doing and make something good. And people will find it. I really do believe that because
0: people will. It's corny, yep.
1: and, and it's corny when people try to take the, you know, try to make it too much. Like I can respect someone who wants to make a living playing music. And it is obviously a very difficult road, but, but I'm always going to be more of a fan of like, no, I'm like a weekend warrior, and but I'm going to take this seriously, and we're going to make something cool, and it's just going to be one more notch in our belt, you know? It's like, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's hard no, to put
0: It is the same reason why me as a fan, Payson loves this genre of music. Mm-hmm. I just saw Pantera this past weekend. I only mentioned that because... You know, they are one of those few bands that has been able to make a full career and, uh, of, you know, playing and touring. And that's been their life. But then, you know, you have uh, smaller bands that make up the majority of metal. And like I was having this conversation with my wife when I first met her, it's why I love metal, because people are doing it overwhelmingly just for the love of music still. And it's a a conversation that's been had many times all around, uh, but it's still a love of music in this genre that I don't think you find a lot. And you know what? It's so fun you guys, like, for example, throw out Holocaust because like metal, that's what I love about it It is so small and underground, but like when we were talking about them, Max knew, and you guys still know the album titles. We all know the album titles we all know the members of these bands. We all know years of about like metal is just, it's such a cool thing to be a part of. It really is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Metal, metal and hardcore. I find
1: are kind of like that where it's like people play it cause they love it. And it's harder to find people playing rock music and, and just doing it for the love of the game. Like there's people out there that make rock records and stuff, but for the most part, it's, it's this uphill battle to try to get noticed or whatever. And, to me, that oh. just seems like such a brutal grind, you know? So, but it's also great. Like, we were very, I've I mentioned this recently too. We got to play with Cannibal Corpse in 2019 in Rochester on our way to MDF. Um, we got lucky, I think it was an off day with a larger tour they were playing. Yeah. And uh, we showed up and we played, and then they played. And man, it's just awesome to see these fucking dudes who've been kicking ass forever just kill it like they they, i've never seen a band phone it in less than can't like it was just they just came out they fucking kicked ass and these guys made a living out of it and it just was like a very inspiring thing where it's like man these guys are still doing the same thing people go nuts for it they still have the passion it's clear as day that these guys are still fully invested in what they're doing and that's uh, yeah, a great feeling. It's and, and you know, and I was really stoked because I was like, man, if he told me at seventeen, I was going to play a show with the Eaten Back to Life guys, <laughs> I would have shit my fucking pants. Like, mm-hmm. no way,
0: guys. I don't want to get you know, a couple more questions, and I will let you guys go. I don't want to get into tooting our own horns here, but Two Mold has quickly become over the past couple of years. A household name. And that is not a bad thing. In metal circles, people know you guys. It's starting to get, you guys are starting to get, you know, more and more known and stuff like that. paste I think maybe you alluded to it earlier. And now, Max, well, I'll, I'll let, let you answer this If this was afforded to you guys ever one day to do this full time, and now, Pace, and you mentioned earlier, the grind is just something you would never want to do. But Max, is it something you. you would ever do?
1: Um,
2: I think I I I'll, I definitely feel sort of the same way as Pace and Bore. I think because this band is like a, a respite from everyday bullshit that it's so appealing to me now. I feel like if I be if it became our lives in a way where it was more of a responsibility than a um than a than like a fun exercise and a challenging uh, exercise. Great,
0: great word, yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't think I would I don't know if I would um be as thrilled. Like it's it's hard because we you know, we go out this weekend, we play two fucking phenomenal shows in front of a million friends, and we're like, man, isn't it awesome if every show, every, every week we did this? And then I remember that those are that's a pretty ideal scenario where not every show is is this almost picturesque and this perfect, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a big grind that goes along with it. And I don't particularly want to you know become this band's accountant or anything like that i really just kind of want to have a uh i want to have i want to have my cake and eat it too really i know yeah. that's probably a bad way
1: to think of it but I, I think that's i think when we look at it this way that's kind of what it feels like Yeah, you don't want to turn it into a job like and mm-hmm. uh, uh that's that's fear right is is you you're Oh, we're we're good at this and we enjoy this and then it becomes your job and all of a sudden hey where'd the fun go all the fun parts have evaporated and now we're left worrying about how we're gonna, you know, make two and two equal four constantly. And that can be uh really scary. And you don't wanna, yeah, you, you don't want to mess with a good thing. And we've been in two mold now for like I've been in the band for six years or whatever. And uh it kind of feels a little bit like if it isn't broke, don't fix the thing. That does sort of stand in opposition uh with the band getting bigger, which is tough, but I don't know. It's just, yeah, to me, it's it's a very spooky idea. And I, and I love the band the way it is. And I think we've got to do a lot of fun things. And like Max had said before, Max made a really great point, and it's important not to lose sight of this, is that when we do stuff, it fucking matters. Um, and I don't mean making records. Uh, that matters too. But like playing a show somewhere, you know, uh, uh, we're very blessed to have this really intense fan base of people that are like, you know, and they're always cool as shit. Oh, you got to come here. You got to play here. Come play this. Come play my city. And it's like, yeah, we'd like to. But if we do, it's going to rule. Like, we don't want to play a tour with five other bands where we're first. And that's how we get to experience your city. It's like, how about we come in a smaller venue with one of our friends' bands. And we're in two sprinter vans or a sprinter van whatever, moving the gear. And you pay $15 and you see us play at 11 o'clock, you know, and then we're meeting diehards like, and that's no slight on, on people on larger package tours or bigger tours with more bands. Um, do, you know, live your truth, do what works for you. And that's worked for a million people before us. But I love the fact that we've been able to do these tours where it's like, Oh yeah, two mold. We we, we went on tour with uh, superstition and we did a bunch of shows in the States and it was awesome oh, yeah, who else did you play with? No, it was us. It was us and them. We played these shows. Most of them were sold out. People showed up early, bought merch, told us how much they loved the record. We played a set. We got in really good shape as far as, like, you know, touring shape as far as the sets went. Man, it was great. That's kind of, for me, like, hitting the stride, the ideal. I really enjoy that. Um, And it's probably because we're still a little steeped you know we grew up in the waters of like the, like i said the diy ethos where it's sort of like well why why do it any other way like we can just do it it's the same as when we make our tapes like max records a tape before we do an lp he mixes it he masters it he does the vocals we overdub the solos he makes a bunch of copies we sell it and that's how it gets out there and it's like well yeah i mean we're we've been big enough now for years we could get someone else to do that but like it's fun for us and it's super cool so it's like it's a way for us to still be on a label and be like here's our polished record with Sean Pearson engineering it who's a pro then we got the brilliant Arthur Rizik just going to town on it the master, and then we yeah. get the we get we get this fucking polished album and we're like, yes this is great but then we're able to go back and be like let's make this dirty tape And it's so funny because when you go to our band camp and you look at the comments on the tapes, a lot of the reviews are like, man, you know, I love this band. I always prefer the tape to the LP because I like the, you know, the more raw sound. And it's like, well, great. Well, we'll keep giving you the raw sound with it, with the cassettes. And we'll continue to make the LPs that are a lot more meticulous. Yeah. Like Max said, he having the cake and eating it too. Like, I think we're going to do that as long as we can.
0: How do I get my cake and eat it too as a guy who loves super clear death metal? And once, once it, how do I get that from two mode? How do I do? I need to you get you guys. Did. Do I need you to get did. you? Wait, no, <laughs> no, but hold on. Do I need? What does uh two mode on a, hey, son? You remember when we were young? Do you remember the old mini discs? What of does course. two mode on a mini disc get me?
1: Damn, I, I don't know. <laughs> Only you know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, guys? For a for a, two more questions, but for a little side project, you know, for a little fun project to look at it years later and be on the upcoming cover of Decibel, that's pretty awesome, guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, it's definitely something I didn't think would ever be. Just didn't think that would that that would ever happen for any reason, you know. It's like who who would really care enough about us to do that?
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, la- yeah, and and Pace, one, one last point, and then I'm going to ask the final question. And I'm I'm so glad you gave that answer. That was such well said. And one thing that really shines, and it shines through when I talk to bands like yourselves. You guys have not lost touch. You guys are very humble and very pleasurable to speak with it is very clear and i've done interviews with michael shanker all the way down to the smallest artist out there it's very clear when somebody's just phoning it in and you guys have lost touch of that even in this world
1: Mm. yeah uh (laughs) i was just gonna say we're 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 really into music like we love music so you know, we get as excited as anybody over the things we like. So I think that's sort of what keeps us on the ground. Like, we're all super, we're always listening to music. We're always seeking new things out. We obsess over music like anyone else who's, like, a diehard. So for us, it's kind of like we make music, but, you know, if, if anyone comes to us and says, oh, you know, I love two molder. This song on uh, Planetary, I listen to it on repeat. It's like, I know what it's like to you know hear a record and be like oh my god two minutes and 14 seconds two minutes and 46 seconds i just looped that for like i just can't wrap my head around that's such an incredible thing so like the enthusiasm is there like i will always be finding new music and and and, you know i know max and Derek are the same way and yeah it's genuine and sincere so uh you have to stay humble when someone comes up to you and says I spent money on your record and I listened, I spent this much of my time my life listening to it. And here's what it meant to me. We have a frame of reference for what that feels like, because we have our records that are the same way. So for us, it's very much a case of like, Oh my God, thank you. That means a lot because that's what I would want those bands to say to me. I mean, I've gone to see shows where I wait outside with a record and the band comes out at one 30 and I ask them to sign it. You know, I know what it's like to be, into a band and how important it is you know so you gotta you gotta appreciate it when it's there because we're super lucky in that context
0: guys uh like i did mention i saw pantera this past week and the band that got me into heavy metal and i never thought that i would be able to see them 23 years later again for the my fourth time and this is leading us into the last Question. Is there any band that you guys have seen or not seen that you would absolutely love to see that you think, man, if the stars would align, I would give anything to go see these guys. Do you guys have any of those bands off topic? I'm going to throw one out for you guys as my friends across the border. I would give anything for a three inches of blood reunion, and that's mm-hmm. just me. Mm-hmm. I love, I fucking love Three Inches of Blood. And I don't know if to ever come back again, but I think Cam had one of the most unique voices in metal. I love them. So, Payson Center, Max, I'll kick it off. Do you guys have any bands that you would love? I, I know you mentioned this one from earlier. That was a cool little band, but who would you guys love to see if the stars could align?
2: Hmm. Pace, you want to start this one? I can't think of one off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, man, I could name a million, to be honest. Mm. But, like, um, uh, actually, maybe I can name a million. All the That's ones, all the ones see, I'm thinking we, of, we, is we, someone's we,
2: either dead or, or 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 off the face of this earth. And yeah, the, from,
1: the, one, the ones I love are kind of, like, the, uh, incapable of ever playing again. I mean, even Pantera. I got to see Damage plan open for Slayer um, in 2002, And that was the first tour back with Lombardo and Slayer's encore was actually all of rain and blood. So yeah, that was in Halifax Um, and damage plan played first and we were way up front and they did a cover of walk, you know, so seeing Dimebag do that solo in person was super cool. Um, You know, he's one of the, the coolest guitar players ever. But for for bands that I could see now that I haven't seen, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, it's funny because uh, I was really lucky to see, to be able to watch Max see Skinless,
0: because oh, he went. He look went at that off. that smile,
1: man. He went so fucking crazy. <laughs> like like oh, I I love Skinless too, man. That's just they bring it. That band fucking rules. But max had a couple drinks and they started and it was game on like i love it's it one of my, it was one of my most enjoyable gig experiences because derek and i were just like holy shit like just taking the mic from the singer and doing <laughs> a flip off the stage like it was wild so and yeah those are the bands that are, are the most fun when you're when you're really swept up in it like yes. um i got to see a band i love uh from san diego called unbroken and they're like a hardcore mm-hmm. band and they did a reunion they're guitar player eric allen had killed himself in the 90s and they had played so they did a couple reunions and they played in austin texas in 2011 and i was like i'm going and i went to see them there and i almost blacked out i was just i lost my shit like if i had died that night in the pit it would have been okay (laughs) and i was it was and i'll I'll tell you man it was fucking close like i went ape shit um but yeah, I've been super lucky. I got to see pretty much everyone I wanted to see. I haven't seen Shania Twain yet. I might go see her in October. I
0: always. I uh, got. I got to see Ronnie James Dio with the Heaven and Hell guys, with the uh, Sabbath man. guys. That to me, that to me is still my greatest concert experience ever.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. No, I, I never got to see him. I did see Motorhead right at the end, and it was not nearly full strength. Um, you know, I wish I had seen because Motorhead had played here at the in two thousand seven or two thousand eight around, and I didn't go. I didn't go see Soundgarden. I had the chance to see the Nails, and uh, I was like, "Oh, I'll go next time." And then, unfortunately, Chris d- d- uh, killed himself, and they even played Fourth of July that night, which to me is oh, like wow. oh, Fourth of July is like crazy. Yeah, the, I mean, who else could write? A radio rock song in what sounds like drop G tuning. Like (laughs) when that song starts, it sounds like fucking Mortician. But that is a catchy alt rock song. No one else could have done that. Unbelievable voice, unbelievable songwriter. uh, Gone way too soon. It it is sort of her. It is sort of a reminder. Like if you get a shot to see bands you know sometimes you just gotta go uh I was
0: always that way with Guar you know since I'm here in the DC area Guar yeah. from Richmond I was always like yeah I'll go see Guar next time they always play here around Halloween I'll go see Guar well then Brocky you know, unfortunately overdosed and passed uh-huh. away and I didn't get yeah. to see you know odorous yeah Gwar, odorous,
1: o- odorous Guar was here probably 10 times you know and I didn't go Mm-hmm. um never saw them so yeah for, you, you think you have all, but you, also you can't go to everything you can't right? go to every to. show yeah ever oh, i'm sorry i was gonna say i went to a bunch of shows this summer and i still missed a couple so yeah oh yeah i don't know there's maybe a few i'm trying to think
2: if there's um like payson always luster uh to mention him seeing portis head sort of when we first started hanging mm. out. and i would love 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 to see i would have loved to have seen them i don't think they're really active anymore it's one of those things. I don't really know if they're broken up, or if they're like on hiatus, basically for eternity. You they know? did
1: take thirteen years to make the third record, so you never know. Could be twenty six for this one. Is that but longer than
0: yeah. than Tool took?
1: Maybe I, I think so. I think it is yeah. because Portis had second LP was like nineteen ninety five, and wow. the second third LP was two thousand seven. So maybe it's twelve years, but which mm. means now it's been sixteen years since third came out. And Portishead are the only band I can name that has three albums and no bad songs.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a very I've, never I've, I've never, I've never really listened to them.
1: Unbelievable band. They're the
0: greatest. Where does one yeah. start?
1: Probably the album Dummy. The first record is that. I'd say that's the favorite. Although as time goes on, I like the new the the new one. <laughs> I like the new one best, the one from 2007. Yeah, their, their yeah. album Third is is haunting. They're a haunting band, but Dummy, their first record, it sort of bridges the gap. And I think people, I think anyone can love that record. I'd recommend that to anybody.
0: There's a bunch of writers on staff here who who love, and I say on staff like we're making money, but uh, there there are a bunch of our writers here love uh, Radiohead and that's always one of those bands that people say like okay computer like needs to be your required listening and i've never that's an okay computer tattoo see and i I have never (laughs) listened to it i've i've never listened to it i i don't know what the hype is for uh,
1: you uh, i can they're kind of polarizing uh my fiance really doesn't like the singer's voice um they're my favorite band ever but I learned a long time ago that, yeah, it's not for everybody. But for me, I mean, the other thing is the very time and place. Like, I don't necessarily think somebody 15 years younger than me or 15 years older than me is going gonna, gonna to hit the same way. I was 12 years old when OK Computer came out, and I had started to get into ex- more experimental stuff. I, not, I wasn't listening to fucking Kraftwerk or Can or noy or anything, but <laughs> I I, I love Nirvana, and I love, like, Weezer, and I love, you know, stuff like that. And then I heard Radiohead, and there was, like, a seven minute song on LP and had the coolest music video. And I was just so hooked. And as I grew, the band grew with me. So in like 2001, they made a really experimental record. of 16, like the perfect time to hear that. And from that, I heard so much experimental music. So uh, I was very much on the same trajectory as they were as far as a music listener. Uh, Yeah, they're, they're my favorite band ever, but again, they're, they're, they're certainly not for everybody.
0: They always seem like one of those bands, like you're either a real fan or you don't like them. Like you either like really like them or they're, yeah, they're there.
1: Absolutely. That's kind of like, I feel like the same way about the Beatles. You talk to people who are Beatles fans and they will tell you uh, about Paul's. Oh man. I really wish the uh, Paul's third base take from this was on this <laughs> box set because I think he really nailed it there. And I wish George Martin had stuck with that one because I don't like the way the pick sounds on the fourth take. Like they are fucking freaks for that band you would not imagine
0: payson the amount of drummers who surprisingly have told me their favorite drummer of all time is ringo Starr, and i have never been able to wrap my my head around that
1: i hear ringo and i hear lars a lot too which i always find interesting but the thing is lars was the catalyst he's the spark for so many kids man you saw the video for for whom the bell tolls or enter sandman and it's like if you were under 10 and you had even one iota, one single cell of you wanted to play drums, man. That band made it look pretty fucking cool. So, like, yep. I know Lars gets a lot of flack, but I, I would, I would love to see an actual number of how many people he inspired to start drumming because it's probably through the fucking roof. Mm-hmm.
0: But I don't care how many people you inspire. What the hell, Max? Was that drum? Was that snare sound on Saint Anger? Who the fuck told him that sounded good?
2: I, I mean, I don't i can't believe that that's like real like let's what let's what make like let's do let's take off what makes a snare drum a snare drum and and, and then record that like it doesn't make any fucking sense does not make I mean, any sense that being said like the saint anger snare um ran so like every gore grind snare could fucking walk like that ping <laughs> ping is like legendary which it's like so shit, but I think of like, you know, I see your St. Anchor snare, and then I also hear like, you know, sulfuric Cottery snare, and I'm like, it's all pink to me. It's all sick, but I'm not, I'm not that big set up. Definitely not listening to St. Hanger any You
0: Sulphura know what, Cottery Max? I, I would love to browse that tape collection behind you. I bet there are <laughs> some treasures back there. There's a
1: lot of shit. Mostly shit, I think. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Basically. you know what?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say earlier when you said uh, when Max was like, oh, I don't know what I would do if we hadn't started Zoom, I was like, I know what you'd be doing. You would be in. You'd have three piccolo snares, and you'd be <laughs> in. Four, you'd be in four or five bands that sound like Last Days of Humanity. Oh yeah, you would that'd be. be great. Grinding like crazy in these fucking filth bands. That I can, just that can still it. be a thing.
2: That could happen right now. All we have to <laughs> yeah, do, all you need can. is four DOD death metals, and uh I need one extra ping
1: snare. Yeah, you I don't... think I got some really heavy gauge strings back there. <laughs>
0: so... <laughs> Max, you know, as as a drummer for you, you know, what what is it? Is it the chaos that you're attracted to? Is it no form of of symmetry? Like what because for me it's like everybody knows uh, with the years and years I've been doing this and I've been potting and putting out interviews and stuff since the early 2000s everybody knows I just still don't like black metal I find I find bass beats and blast beats boring I I find it I have not I've listened to a lot I've not really found anything that excites me yet with that said as you know you being a drummer is it the chaos that excites you is it the noise is it is it the the when the, the more hectic it is you're at peace and then we're end here with this because um, i've taught, i've taken up too much of your guys time and you guys have been so fun we could talk for days
2: i don't, I don't think i'm really necessarily like attracted to any sort of like chaos i think i'm i'm I don't know. I think I I I don't know really what draws me to drums anymore. I think now more more than ever, I think people who really deconstruct their playing and and are and are creative just like inside the kit and outside the kit. I think that's what really engages me. Like most of my favorite drummers now, or like at least contemporaries, are are, are very free form players that usually perform solo or with like single accompaniment, like um like Ted Burns or Chris Corsano. Okay. Or I O, and that's usually what re- draws me back to the instrument as like a source of of uh of inspiration and like a conduit for creativity because i think i think like drums and extreme music are like there there's a specific blueprint that people follow and that blueprint has ex- been expanded on ever so slowly people like you know fucking like derek roddy or lily gruber from defeated sanity like really have introduce new elements very tastefully into contemporary extreme playing with 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 a very detailed knowledge of the history that's led to that point and because they know the basis for that, but the basis for extreme music at the point that they're kind of at the point of their entry point, they're able to innovate and uh, and really stand stand on their own compared to others. So maybe it's not, I don't, I don't think I really like chaos. Maybe in music I do, but I'm certainly not a chaotic person in real life. I don't know if that's true. Payson may say otherwise and somebody dare it, but I feel like I'm a little bit more <laughs> um, obsessive about small stuff in a way that probably makes me a little bit annoying.
1: No, you're, yeah. you're a detail oriented person. I think so. I try. I too,
2: so it's all good. Yeah. We're, we both are. That's the, I think that's why our, our, our separate band also accelerates or it excels too. And in, in addition to two mold, I think we're very, particular and if it means we have to refine what we're doing into something that's a little bit more of a shorter statement it's like fuck it whatever
1: it's it's what we want it's always good to have be work on your own schedule too we're very lucky to be able to work on our own schedule and that's something that comes with yeah not Mm -hmm. being in a full-time band and um yeah i think with deadlines i think Derek might actually be totally fine in a band with deadlines like that's just kind of how he works but i think max and i would really get Stressed out, maybe kind of you struggle with that, you know. Uh, I don't like having an axe over my head.
0: I got Payson, Max, guys. This has been damn it, such an amazing conversation. I'm almost, you know, when you have it's like when you have a good date, you don't want the damn date to end. So
1: leave them wanting more, of course, guys.
0: This is so much fun, Payson, Max. This has been so much fun. Your guys new album the enduring spirit is out now through 20 bucks spin uh physical uh copies are coming soon pre-order is available up on the website shipping around i I, what's the date do you guys know the day off top of your head
1: october 13th yeah yeah october
0: 13th i lost it in my notes here too many tabs
1: yeah i think it's the only friday the 13th all year
0: Oh That's my That's awesome. God. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Big well, day.
1: Big day. I'll be taking the day big off for chill. Yeah.
0: Guys, this has been so much fun. Let's let's leave people with this. If there's maybe you can't do it. If there's one track on this album that is the best reflection of two mold in 2023, or maybe the best reflection of two mold right now at 1051, what track would that be off of the latest album?
1: Max knows what it is. It's uh, it's Will of Whispers.
2: Yeah, yeah, easy. It, it's, it's it's a it's a tie between Will of Whispers and uh, Fate's Tangled Thread, but it's really Will of Whispers. I can't, I can't deny yeah, that.
0: I totally agree, guys. Guys, I love you guys. If like I, I, I tell the world about you guys, and this this album has just fucking blown us away here at the site. Uh, awesome. Man. Again, we, again glad, the glad enduring it. spirit is out now. Check it out. It's everywhere. Buy a physical copy. Support these guys. And if you like it rough, uh did did people miss out on tape copies yet or are those still coming? For the LP. Like the, it Uh, raw. uh the,
2: the tape copies of the LP are definitely coming. Um the w, tape
1: yeah, at the same time.
2: Yeah. The tape okay. copies of like a uh, Aperture body what what basically preceded um, the enduring spirit is those aren't available, but 20 bucks bin has repressed the tape as a single-sided 12 inch. Uh on the same day that the enduring spirit came out, I think that's kind of been overshadowed because the record's been so well received. But um, there is there are two two old LPs that you can buy at this moment that are technically both pretty new. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, and you guys have a bunch of colorways for the vinyl and everything like that. You guys have a ton of merch. Gentlemen, thank you for the yeah. conversation. Payson, Max, thank thank you guys.
1: Thanks so Thanks much for having us. us. That was super fun. Thanks for the great questions. That was uh that was a bit different and I, mm-hmm. I really
0: enjoyed it. Thank you guys.